0: Hey, Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I really th- I hope you guys had a great week. Mine's been pretty decent. Uh, we had a really cool, strong thunderstorm the other day, and things have been just kind of coming through for just, you know, life things. Um, my my parents moved from Colorado to Florida, so that's something that's been a big difference for them, and you can pray for them as they search for a home. They're staying with family until they can. Um yeah, so for us, we haven't found a house yet. Uh, we are waiting because I was able to get two tax years that then maybe we can get a lower interest rate, which would be fantastic. It would really help us a lot. And yeah, so that's where we're kind of at. You um, keep praying for that right house to pop up. We only got about two months before our lease is done. It'd be great if the timing would just kind of flow through where our lease ends and we begin our new time, our new chapter, and our new home. Anyway, so last week was a really intense week as we had a really good discussion. Um, this week, it's been kind of like on my heart a bit, and it's only because of the decades of observation that I've kind of noticed the connection of parenting discipleship like the church family discipleship connection as we watch people grow up. My time in youth ministry, that's where I've, I've kind of picked up this understanding that focusing on the youth to just like have fun in youth group and not really go really in depth in the scriptures It has been showing a lacking of maturity to, I would say, the generations that are in their early 30s, late 20s to even like mid 30s. Because I was able to teach kids that were probably six years younger than me range to five years younger than me. And the one thing I did learn throughout all this time is something that I needed more help and that was by the time I graduated from high school having someone or, or or an organization or a group or a church ministry that was geared towards helping young people grow even more into adulthood you see my i would say my ministry ideology for youth ministry is that's when we're supposed to really Give them more responsibility. Start kind of treating them like an adult in some situations. Don't let them slide into being, well, I'm just a kid because I'm not 18. It won't fly. It won't help them prepare them for that adulthood. Because remember, during youth group, they have the youth group. They have a youth pastor. They have the youth leaders. They kind of have a a church system around them. But after they graduate, they kind of have a choice in that moment. Do I continue to seek such growth in the church while I'm away to college, or even if I'm not away from college, or do I go in so-called searching my, my life and the choices I can make? You see, if they're engraved in the scriptures if they are being trained to look at the scriptures or are they being discipled mentored they will grow up wanting or searching for that as a young adult not all i know many who were brought up with such teaching soon after they graduated they chase their own thing and that's still their choice it's not I can't blame youth pastor, the church, or the parents, or whatever. That is still, we have our individual choice. However, it may sound really harsh, but I've been seeing a very huge lacking of men being taught to be men. Especially in the last 10 years, just the different types of men I I meet, you would think by looking at them, they have to be in their 20s, maybe even 30s, but they still act like a 16-year-old. And then I've seen young people who are in their early 20s act like they're a 12-year-old. So the, the question is, what, what's happening? What, what, what's going on that we're seeing this lack of understanding of growth or maturity in our men? I'm entitling this one, Grow Up. Not not as an insult, not as a specific attack on people But the idea is to understand what it means to grow up as men So the lacking I, I, I see is in behavior I see it in just the way men are acting I, I'm not saying it's that it's wrong to be silly and having fun Because I still do that I mean, we as guys, we gotta sometimes, we can't be serious all the time Good humor is great pun, you know, dad puns and, and jokes, you know, like stuff are really good to have. You want to have a laugh. You want to be encouraged to, to be, you know, funny. It's okay. But that's not the behavior I'm talking about, though it does relate to that because it depends on the jokes. So I want you to kind of think about yourself think about other men you've met i do think there's some guys that are a little bit too serious i mean for myself i used to be a very serious guy <clears throat> i remember even to- being told in high school that i'm too serious and that i take things too seriously and a lot of it is because i, I just i wasn't i didn't like the what would you call it i didn't like the clowning around I wasn't really big into that. I wasn't a troublemaker. I wasn't the guy that wanted to stand out. And a lot of it could have been just because of how much I was bullied. And I was like a defense mechanism to be more serious because I wasn't taken seriously when I was bullied. And a lot of times I, I also can see it by the lack of, and this is what I believe is going on, a lack of discipleship, mentorship. And even parenting. You see, our kids or any young person watches the older people. They watch how they act. They watch how they treat, you know, men treat their wives, how they treat their kids. And this is what they learn from. This is what they see. This is what they observe. I mean, we can even add in social media and movies and TV shows and, and just books. Like, There is so much that we can collectively put under this category of what's bringing up our children. But I'm even talking about us guys even as more adult men. You know, we're in the late 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, and 60s, and 70s. Because just because you're a 7 year old doesn't make you mature. But I find that there's some type of connection in my opinion. There is a connection that we're going to talk about. And I think it sounds harsh to say, but this is the truth to me. There are many men that lack understanding of living life as an adult. They don't know how to take care of money, zero etiquette, socially, relationship they, they don't know how to really have a relationship because they they only have their childlike relationship that they gained from elementary to high school to college life. But no one really giving them the, the bolts and nuts of what it means to have a true relationship with somebody, whether it is a friend or a girlfriend or a wife-to-be. Uh, I see it in hygiene. There is, you know, this is teenagers, some guys get it and some guys don't. Put deodorant on, you know? Um, some guys just don't care what they look like when they dress. They don't take care of, you know, as older as they get older, because most teenagers don't have beards, but men don't take care of their beards or their hair very well. It looks dirty and looks oily. You know, there, there's things that I think we, we need to pay attention ...that are, are, are important. It doesn't mean I'm expecting all of you guys to have to go to get a beauty makeup... ...because that's not what I'm asked, saying. But we should still be, you know, make sure we present ourselves. I mean, there's some statements that are professional matter... ...or clean cut enough to be okay. Like, if you're asked to come to a meeting... ...you're not going to come in, you know, holy jeans and, you know, a stained shirt and you know food all over your face and come to a meeting and expect you know your boss to be you know (laughs) glad you made it that's uh, like there's there's a form of etiquette you know what i mean but money too you know if you don't train young people by the time they get into young adulthood how are they spending their money are they taking care of their bills first or is that the last thing if they have any money they'll pay for it but right now they're going to live in the moment behavior and etiquette how how do we act towards people i've seen that lack of i always call it like social etiquette because read the room you know you're talking about something people aren't liking it but you continue to talk because you want to be yourself well that is a sign of immaturity when you can't pay attention to what's going on around you that hey you know Maybe I've gone a little bit too far in the being too freely about myself or maybe I should be talking about it because, I mean, there's many forms of this, you know, talking about, you know, for example, my mother dies and -and so-and-so is talking about, you know, mother jokes in front of someone who just lost their mom. It doesn't work, you know, like uh, that's bad etiquette. So there's a lot of good examples that we can point out there, but those are the ones, you know, I've seen and I think about. So why do I say lack of parenting? Well, one, you know, we have a culture that's pushing parents to treat kids to be children. Like, I'm not saying like even teenagers, like you, tr- they treat them like they're 12 until they're 18. And then when they hit 18, they tell them, hey, go figure it out. And so now this kid who's 18 in age, 17 in age, still acts like he's a 10, 11 year old. Doesn't know how to be an adult so instead of having young men growing up to be young adults they struggle this made me think about Ephesians 4 11-16 where it states and he gave some as apostles some as prophets some as evangel- evangelical uh, sorry excuse me as evangelical I can never say this word some as pastors and teachers as evangelicals is what I or evangelical bleh, for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry for the building of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of god to a mature man to a measure of that stature, stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about every wind of doctrine, by trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking in truth and love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from womb, the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body of the building up of itself in love. Now, here's where I'm saying there's a connection. The connection is our spiritual walk, I do believe, is connected to our manhood. The teacher, the teaching that Jesus gave the disciples was to be passed down. Discipleship. There is a class of understanding to be disciplined. And understanding God requires a a discipline in life, too. Now, I'm telling this straight up. I am not disciplined in every area of my life, Um. There's some things I'm very disciplined in, there's others that I I lack, and there's others that have been really, really, really hard. Because I I too believe that it's not only it's not only how we treat people that's the issue in this whole thing, or our social clasp of etiquette, okay? But it's our spiritual walk. It's our health. You know, it is our character it is how we react and treat people it's connected it's all connected into this idea of understanding maturity so maturity in our spiritual walk will connect into our i guess you could say real bodies like how how we act as a person In the past, I've used the statement self-control. It's very interesting to me when we really take a stab at self-control and maturity and discipleship and growing up is actually really connected. I find that most people that lack understanding of scripture, that lack character and integrity and how they approach life is a self-control issue. They use the excuse well i'm going to be how i am and that's who i am and so they don't lean into self-control they also in some cases lack a format formality to respect authority they also lack the idea of caring what people think with this mindset, well, we got to stop caring about what other people think. And we just got to live our life the way we're supposed to. Well, yes, but you still in scripture, we're supposed to make sure we live in peace with people. We're not supposed to just tread and walk on different people because we want to be who we want to be. It doesn't mean we allow cer- certain people to control our life. I want to be mindful of that because there's going to be people that are going to come in trying to tell you what to do when God has a plan or they teach stuff that isn't biblical, but more humanistic, I guess, you know, more what they think we should be like, you know, I had, I've always had a battle with my mom when it came to clothing. I'm the type of guy That likes to wear cargo shorts, um, cargo jeans. In some cases, not anymore as much, but you know, like a like a good jean. I like sneakers. I like wearing t-shirts, but I also don't mind wearing collared shirts. But what I am, what I hate the most—I don't want to use—I hate using the word "hate." Yes, I used "hate" twice. I don't like wearing suit pants, ties, and shirts. And the reason is I wore it from fourth grade until I was like 21 for school. And then when I got to high school, I didn't have to wear a tie all the time, but I had to dress up almost seven times a week, sometimes twice in one day, because it was the rule of the school, rule of the church. And it just, it irked me, you know, like I just got tired of it. And as I became an adult, I kind of made my own choices. So, you know, I, I actually would wear, you know, a nice pair of jeans with a nice collared shirt instead of wearing the for, like uniform style look that the school would push. Even though, like, we were allowed to wear kind of what we wanted, but it had to be within their limit of how their rules were. So, respecting the authority. Now, do I have anything against pastors who wear coats, ties, pants to for Sunday? No. People want to wear it. That's great. However, the idea of that you should wear your Sunday best is not a biblical term. It's just a human term. But they take the verse that does talk about wearing modesty, and modesty does not mean wear a tie, shirt, and pants. Modesty means you don't come looking like a slob. You don't come looking sexual. You don't come in enticing wrong thought, whether it's like something that doesn't glorify God on your shirt or, you know, dressing in a way that doesn't glorify God. But do I respect those that want to wear dresses? They want to wear... Yes, you could do that. But that's not the connection here. It's not the point I'm coming across. Self-control is the understanding that, hey, there's a biblical standard I'm supposed to follow. And I'm supposed to pay attention that I don't cross a line that I shouldn't cross. And that means, like, I totally etiquette, hygiene, health, money... Character, integrity, following the scriptures, obeying the scriptures, not compromising the scriptures. You know, like there's a lot like all that's kind of connected because you have a better understanding how to handle your money. You have a better understanding that the money is not yours. It's God's that God has given you. So what is self-control? Well, my perfect example that I found was actually in Proverbs 25. Go all the way down to the bottom. Verse 28, it states like a city that is broken into and without walls, so is a person who has no self-control over his spirit. I want you to think about this picture. You know, think about a city. Think about a castle. You no, know, that mindset of a castle. You know, we think medieval. We think castle, castle walls. Why were the walls there? To protect the inner, the inside. You have a city which many cities back even around Jesus' time had walls. Why were the walls there? To protect the city. Protect them from who? From the enemy. From people who want to harm the city or the inside of a castle. So for us, as a human body, by not having self-control, we're basically defying the armor of God that God's placed in us. Remember, I talked about how the spirit—you know—the the sword of spirit is the Holy Spirit's and you know, the techniques of of fighting with it or defending. Um, the idea is we don't fight with it to hurt others; we fight to protect others. We fight to protect. Ourselves, We fight to protect other believers. Um, And that doesn't mean we go looking for the fight. Doesn't mean we go find a fight. But if we need to defend, stand up for it, then we do. Someone mentioned to me, a close friend, he said the sword was designed as a defense weapon that the Romans would carry because they use other weapons. And if, if the enemy is getting really close, you use the sword to defend yourself. Same concept. We are to stand in front of other believers who are struggling, help them get back on their feet, but also to help them walk the walk. So self-control, when you you lack it, you're basically saying, I don't want any protection. I want to do whatever I want. I'm free to do whatever I want. Remember, Scripture says... After we accept Christ, we are not free to do whatever we want. We're not free to do whatever sin we want. We're supposed to keep ourselves wholly protected. So, where does this come from? Where does training and proper teaching come for us to grow up right? So, we want to be clear. I'm not saying you're, you know, you got your Legos, because, like, here, let me rephrase it. One of the things growing up, I heard a lot as young men became young adults, when are you going to get rid of your baby stuff? Now, in my mind, baby stuff to me would be baby stuff. When I I got into gaming, my dad always kept saying, you know, when are you going to stop playing games? You know, you need to grow up. And I sat there and I thought about it. I'm like... But I'm making relationships, I'm making connections, and I'm playing with men who are older and they aren't immature. Playing with women who aren't immature. So what's the connection that I'm seeing that he's not seeing? Relationships, community. But I also realized my dad, growing up, didn't really have a good childhood either. He, he had his battles and struggles because of how his dad was. So we got to have understanding. There is going to be hobbies that we're going to enjoy doing, like Legos, um, modeling cars, um, fishing, hiking. You know, there's, there's stuff that we're going to enjoy doing that even as a high schooler we might have enjoyed doing or even as a child we might have doing that is not childish. I really think... The concept of understanding about childishness is when are we going to put aside acting like children versus acting like a mature adult? So where does the training come from? It comes from parenting in the church. Because we can't count on our society. Look at it. We can't even define a woman in our society. We can't. We, we want to rip manhood from men. So we definitely can't learn it from there. So we got to count on mentors, disciples, people who want to follow the scriptures, who want to train us up to be men of God. And I know some of you guys are like, yeah, but I'm an adult already. You could still be trained, we are in a constant state of being a mentor mentee being trained and taught or training and teaching. So maybe there is things, because like I said, I'm 40 years old. I have things that I'm weak at and I have things that I'm strong at. I try to work on what's weak and I try to teach for what I'm strong at, but I still learn because I still need to get better. And I think that's the mindset. You got to have an understanding the connection is the spiritual walk. When we are seeking out God, following Him, doing what we're supposed to, obeying Him, that maturity growth in our spiritual walk will help growth in our humanistic walk, our flesh walk, I guess would be the best way to look at it. We will change our character to be Christ-likeness. We will want to learn how to have better etiquette. We will consider, Hey, how can I fix up my hygiene? We will use our money wisely because it's not our money. It's God's. You see the counterculture teaches, be what you want, do what you want. It's your money, spend it where you want. They, they're going to tell you, this is what, you know, men need to stop being so manly they need to allow women to lead. They need to like, you're going to hear over and over again, all this teaching all around you. That's going to tell you that's not godly it's going to be worldly and it's counterproductive to what we're hoping to see men become men of god godly righteous men men who walk with uprightness in their heart seeking to grow in their face seeking to be better men It's, it's really hard when you see women mother their husbands it shouldn't be that way that means there's a lack of something There's a lack of the husband learning to grow up. And then there is the overbearing wife who's not realizing she's mothering mothering her husband. There's something missing there. Let's take a quick break and we'll start right after this. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. So, we've been talking about the lacking, right? So, in scripture, Paul uses the word milk, solid food. We lack growth because we lack the desire to step away from the milk of our walk with God, with how we treat people how we want to grow, because it seems to me it's easier to take on the influence of what the world is trying to teach us because it feeds the milk of our emotions better than challenging us to grow. I remember growing up in the, basically, I was born in the eighties, but I was, you know, eight years old by the time the nineties hit And the 90s is when I felt more of that, like paying attention, noticing things, even though I was bullied a lot, I was more aware of the world, more aware of people, more aware of what was being like kind of thrown at me to to think about, to paying attention better to what my parents were saying. And so by the time we moved to Jersey, I, I had a better grasp on it unfortunately like i said i became more serious less like funny less uh like i didn't like to be in the front didn't want to be noticed i didn't like talking in front of people i was uncomfortable making friends pretty much and you know the bullying still kind of continued and i had to kind of grow up quickly even though i didn't have to but I didn't really get to necessarily be a, a kid and a teenager because of the bullying really kind of made me self-conscious, made me very defensive, you know, put up a good wall. <laughs> so I ended up not really growing like I should have in some, some areas, which is where I see the weakness I have. So we look at the culture, even back then men were still being taught to be men now unfortunately there was a also very hard push in the 80s and even the 90s to sexualize our desires more so by the time i got into a christian school like a lot of the guys i met were very much into porn i did not get into it but they were because they thought in their minds desiring women is part of what it meant to be a man So there was still a lack in the culture, but at the same time, I was being taught by my parents very well of how to treat a woman. Even at my churches, we were still being taught how to treat a woman. It wasn't until more as we got into like the late 90s and the early 2000s when the culture really started to show a different side of how they wanted to remove the so-called, you know, destruction of man and probably in about 2005 as social media started becoming more of a tool used you know Facebook and then even like Twitter and, Inst- and Instagram's type system started coming up into existence we started seeing different views coming out outside of the teaching of the church that was heavily starting to influence young people because I graduated high school by two, in 2001, so as a early young adult, the church was still teaching a very strong format, but I was also te- trying to teach it because I realized that because I didn't get that as a young adult, I wanted to make sure all the young, young adults were training themselves to prepare for that. And many of them that were probably in their early 20s, I was, you know, I was in a little bit older, early 20s. Uh, a lot of those guys and gals that I met who weren't in high school actually have solid families and have solid, you know, husband-wife relationships. You know, they're walking with the Lord. So we step away from the desire of wanting to learn steak because we see a cultural Influence that we enjoy, and we don't have to work as hard because you think about it you drink your milk, it's in a bottle, and you're just pumping it in. There's no cutting the steak, there's no fixing up the potatoes, there's no like, hey, this is seasoned vegetables, hey, look at there's this, you know, hamburger and fries. Like, you don't have to make a big meal, it's just milk. It's almost like having ice cream instead of having a dinner. It's easier. If we go to Hebrews, go to uh, chapter 5, go down to verse 11, it says, Concerning him, we have much to say. And it's difficult to explain since you have become poor listeners. Remember, we talked about we need to be doers, not just hearers. But you can't be a doer if you're not listening. Verse 12, for... Though by this time you ought to be teachers You have need again for someone to teach you The elementary principles of the actual words of God You have come to need milk and not solid food So by lacking the desire of growing By not getting taught So there is to me a partial blame to parenting Not teaching their young people to grow up before they graduate so now it's harder as a young adult in your 20s to grow up. We also see that maturity lines have moved it used to be by the time you're 18 because you were considered an adult you were acting more like an adult you were trying to get involved in the men groups so you were you really were growing to be more of a man so by the time you're 21 22, that's why you're getting married so young. Last couple decades that line keeps moving up and moving up. Socially, the cultural world shows it. it's like, oh, but look, they're just growing. You know, like the the line's just moving. You know, people are getting married later, people are having kids later, but the question is why? Well, because business and work is more important, they want to you know, make it somewhere. I mean, that's a possibility of a good number because you can look at the statistics and it would agree with that. But if you think about it, when do usually young people figure out what they want to do for life? It's usually around 25 to 28. And it's almost like it's instinctive for us to want... To be ready. Before starting a family. But if you go back 30 years. Or even 25 years. A young man by the time he was 18. You know he was going to college. Or he got into a trade. Which I encourage. And by the time he was 22. He was graduated with his bachelor's. Or he had his trade and he can start a family. You look at today, just going to college gets you really nothing but a bachelor degree because you need a master's and you need a doctorate's because if you don't have it, then you don't have the professionalism that we're looking for for this position. So we put people into more debt to have better education for many jobs. We have young people who don't want to do trades because it's, too much work you see we have made it easier for our young people to be lazy in some sense about our choices in life but it also shows too that by the time you're around 26 which i can contest because i was 20 when i felt the lord tell me it was to to yeah 2002 i was 20 that lord called me to be in ministry four years later So I was 24-25. That's when I realized, oh, you know, I should probably focus on asking what God wants. I went back to school. Ministry was it. So there's four years where I was spending working as a drafter, not doing what God wanted. And so instead of seeing myself growing up. And being more prepared to be ready, I was behind in my my thoughts. Though God used that time to teach. Anyway, so let's go to Hebrews 5-11-14, finish that up. It says in verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unequated with the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. Self-control. You see, the lack of maturity in our spiritual walk makes us lazy in the mind about good and evil, but also opens our mind to being influenced by influencers who teach ideologies that don't well I should say sound biblical but really aren't which then also affects how we live how we use our money how we treat people how we look our hygiene our health relationships with our wife girlfriend or even friends and family you see that spiritual immaturity is connected to our physical choices in life i know it says good and evil but it's self-control if you notice you have i should say when you are struggling in your sins like we talked about not too long ago about sin It is because you lack self-control. Because you lack spiritual growth. Because you lack spiritual maturity. You're, You're allowing yourself to be captured, tempted in that situation, to be captured to birth that sin. So it does all connect. If you go to 1 Corinthians 3, this one is i, I think that everything to kind of close this off and, and where we want to go so i'm not going to read all of it in one shot but the idea is it's talking about the foundation in the beginning it talks about and i brothers and sisters could not speak to you as spiritual people but only as fleshly As to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to consume it. But even now you're not yet able, for you're still fleshly. Do you understand this? Like, is it starting to click? Because uh, they are not spiritually mature, The opposite has become fleshly, worldly, living like the world. You start acting like the world. You start looking like the world. You start dressing like the world. You start not caring about yourself because you understand the enemy wants to destroy you. Destroy you financially because if he makes you waste your money, be in debt, chasing after worldly desires... You're not paying attention to the godly ones. You're not paying attention to how you can use the money wisely. Whether you're poor or rich, doesn't matter. You could still be wasting your money for things that God would not be pleased, for one. Wasting money to try to please yourself. Two, hygiene. Hygiene. If 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 the enemy can make you go, hey, don't worry about your teeth. Don't worry about brushing. Hey, you know, it's you're gonna be at home all day. Don't worry about you know shaving your beard. Don't be worrying about you know clean cutting yourself. Like it's okay. I wear casual clothes when I'm talking to you right now. I'm not dressed up in a tie suit and pants. But if I'm gonna go out, I'm not gonna walk what I'm wearing. I'm gonna change to clothing. That you know is more presentable, because I'm gonna be around people. and You know, I want to look sociably g- good or or, or uh, acceptable, just not worldly. Just how I should be modestly and 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 well. Okay, um, hygiene, like you know, taking care of your hair. Like I don't have hair, so I don't have to worry about it, but take care of it. Um, the clothes you wear, like you shouldn't be walking around. Like I said, holy clothes and holy pants going to even going to a, you know going out with people you should still look you know pretty clean cut i mean there are some shirts that are cool and they're purposely designed with holes but that's different compared to <coughs> wearing your like stained up shirt because you had you know a pizza and all the sauce fell down in the middle and you never changed it like come on you know um how you i guess you could say the etiquette of how you treat people socially you know you may be silly with your wife at home, or you may, you know, with some of your guy friends, you could do things, you know, but not everybody's going to be like that. So you can't just act like yourself in a way that's also going to make you like you're not going to connect to those people. Read the room, pay attention. You know, if your wife gives you cues, pay attention. There's a reason. So I think it's still very important, you know, learn etiquette. There's a lot of etiquette out there that you can learn from how being a gentleman to how to treat other ladies, you know, make sure, you know, you don't put yourself in a situation where you're alone with a woman that's not your wife or, you know, even a young woman who may be like your daughter's friend. You don't put yourself in situations where you're alone with them. That's etiquette. There's so many things you can learn about etiquette. And then, you know, like for other examples, it could be, you know, who, like what we're going to be talking about, who are you being taught by your pastor, online pastors, organizations, articles, even my podcasts, other people's podcasts. Are they teaching you biblical understanding of how to take care of yourself? You know, something you might glean something from mine, but you might find someone else who did a better job than I did. I, I know I, I'm not looking to be the only source out there. I am a source, and I hope that people glean from it. But there might be someone who might have said said something I said better. Good for them. <clears throat> so, you know, later on in that same area. In verse 14 specifically, Paul talks about stop trying to find someone to follow, which is, I think, the key thing in understanding. Stop trying to be something that's out there, a worldly perspective to even someone who calls them a Christian. Stop trying to be like them. You're supposed to be like Christ. Verses 10 through 11, it states this. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder... Sorry, my sinuses are really getting affected today. Yesterday was a great day. Today, I just feel the allergies, man. Like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. And he's talking about Paul, you know, himself, Paul, and Apollos is kind of the builder. But I want you to think about this, because it says... But each person must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Understand, our foundation has been laid by Jesus Christ, period. The Bible, the scriptures, obeying God, following his ways, doing what He has asked of us, that is how we're supposed to lay our foundation. However, who we allow to build on it needs to understand that foundation. This is why I mean the lacking of parenting, the lacking of the church needs to step up and parents need to learn how to be biblical leaders and examples of their family, husband and wife, mom and dad, single mom, single dad, you need to learn. Grandma, grandpa, if you're taking care of your kids, you need to learn. This is why it's important for you guys to also be in training and learning and teachings of people who are teaching you biblical understanding to how to lead a good family. So it's very vital to understand who we choose to be trained from, who we allow to disciple us, is just as important as where our foundation came from. You know, there's people out there who still follow Stephen Furtick. Who still follow Michael Todd, who still follow under Bill Johnson. Pastors who are teaching other things outside of the scriptures with a biblical feeling to it. You see, by listening, even if you can gleam something, you have to be very careful. Are you gleaming weeds in with your wheat? Because it could still hurt you. This is why we have to be careful who we listen to on YouTube. Who we listen to through articles. You know, even the random pastor who lives out in Kansas, who's been there for 20, 30 years... Doesn't mean he's going to be teaching the biblical truth. The only way that you and I can discern is by knowing our scriptures. I've been challenging myself to spend more time trying to read scripture every day. Just just read something, read a chapter, read a whole section, and think about think on it. Meditate on what I just read. And meditation doesn't mean you take a word and you meditate it on your forehead. It means spending time understanding what you just read and learning about it and keep that in mind what you learned because I am really bad at memorizing things. I'm very bad at it. So I was challenged to get into reading the scripture every day and, and just like to read, to just kind of be familiar. So I'm working on that. Um, I spent time reading scripture, especially when I have things I want to study up on and I spend it, but just to read, to read is important. So That's part of your building up On your home You're getting Top notch teaching From by reading the scriptures Because you're getting it from God You know if you think about it When you're building a house Do you want your house to be Built by plastic And fake wood And and make it look amazing But is it going to be sturdy might have a, a wonderful foundation, but your building on top of it is basically made of straw. And what happens when a storm comes, when straw and mud gets hit? It falls apart. Verse 12 through 15 talks about now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet only so as through fire. So there be a cleansing... And if you're seeking out God and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're spending time in prayer, you're reading your scriptures, <clears throat> you're studying your scriptures, you're under good tutelage, and you're being trained by you know good pastors, and you're finding men that are around you that are encouraging to walk with the Lord, and you're seeing that growth that's coming into you, there's a maturity that you're going to find yourself coming to. When God cleanses with the fire you're going to see that growth stick. And all the stuff that was the world, that was the sins, that the struggles will be burnt away. And as you keep on focusing more on that, you'll have more of that look on your house that's being built. Because the important part is verse 16 and 17. Do you not know... That you are the temple of God. That the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys the temple of God, which is our body, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. You see, we we received the Holy Spirit in us. We are now the temple. And if you know anything about the study of the temple, where the Lord was at in the tabernacle, it's called the Holy of Holies that was where God dwelt and as the high priest brought in the sacrifice if it wasn't done correctly he would be struck dead they tied a rope around a foot with a bell and if they heard the bell stop they would yank on that leg and pull the high priest out that or alive because maybe he stopped for a second the bell stopped ringing but um, you know that's a little humor but that's the idea so our bodies have been given that type of domain where the Holy Spirit dwells in us and sin is not supposed to be there we're supposed to be mature in our walk it should not be a worldly desire in our heart it should not be a fleshly desire in our heart there should be a healing God will cleanse us of unrighteousness and renew a right spirit within us. You gotta ask, this is why the last part of this whole thing is gonna take work. It's gonna take time, but it has to start with you and I choosing to grow up, to allow God to change us, to allow God to mold us To allow God to help us in our walk, to be good stewards of our money, to watch our health, to learn etiquette, to have better hygiene, to walk in a spiritual walk, to treat people as Christ attended us to. This is why we need to grow up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time I ask. That today that you will help men today to want to grow up even if they have been walking a long time there is still things that they can keep working even if they're 90 years old there's still things that they can keep working on because as long as we're here on earth our job is not done to minister to reach to impact people we have to grow up to have better understanding of how to do it so that we're not lacking in maturity and being like the world and and chasing after the easiness of milk that the world offers us and even the ideologies that are being taught to us. Help us to grow up. Challenge all of us today. Challenge these men to want to be mature in their faith. And I pray this in Jesus' name Amen. Well, guys, I hope you have a great week. I hope this was a challenge and I hope this was an encouragement and I will see you next time. God bless.